Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to BOLLNBranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hey, did you know it's raining all day and I've been stuck inside? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can do the stream like this oh. or the recording. Oh. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Harrison Edgar wants to know which new Star Wars Visions short we're most intrigued by. I'm really glad someone asked the question because that's I wanted to talk about it. And I'm like, I don't know when we're going to have time otherwise to talk about the Star Wars Visions announcement that came out today uh, when we're recording this on Thursday. And yeah, it's Visions is one of those projects that I kind of kept forgetting about. And then every time I would remember, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's exciting because Visions Volume 1 was a lot of fun. And uh, I, like Ninth Jedi is probably one of my favorite Star Wars stories from that year. And I'm excited to see what 2023 brings in Volume 2. So I have all of the titles and the studios written down. We have Sith by El Guiri from Spain, Screechers Reach by Cartoon Saloon from Ireland, in the Stars by Punk Robot from Chile, I Am Your Mother by Ardman Studio, they're the Wallace and Gromit one from Britain, uh, Journey to the Dark Head by Studio Mir in South Korea, The Spy Dancer by Studio La Cachette, I'm going to do my best on some of these names, they're from <laughs> France, uh, they're intriguing, I want to talk about them, The Bandits of Golak by 88 Pictures in India, The Pit by Dart Staijo and Lucasfilm uh, from Japan, and Ours Song by Triggerfish in South Africa. So just to kind of, obviously we don't know anything about these. Uh, I know some of the studios, but not most of them. But I figure based off title alone, what caught your interest? Uh, the Dancer one kind of caught my interest. Obviously the Sith, if uh, I find intriguing. Uh... Oh, the I Am Your Mother one sounded kind of cool because, like, that's such a, I like, no, I Am Your Father kind of line. Like, that. It's, it's a play on that, and I'm excited to see if they're taking a story like that or a scene like that where Vader says that, but, like, flipping it to, like, a female character. Well, I'm going to build off of that. Because it's Ardman and they do the Wallace and Gromit, that's the studio that's doing I Am Your Mother, do you think it's going to be a comedy or will they do a serious version? Will it be stop motion? Will it not? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I, okay. So this is the only one that I 
recognize. And even then, I didn't know the name off the top of my head. But I know what Wallace and Gromit is. Uh, I haven't seen very many of those sketches, but are they just all comedies? Yes, as okay. far as I know. I, I haven't seen all of them either. I'm, But from what I have gathered and what I have seen, it's funny. Well, yeah, I, I'm always down for comedy in Star Wars. I, I wonder if it's going to be kind of robot chicken vibes, also stop motion, but in that wallet and Gromis sort of spirit. Wallace and Gromit. What did I say? Wallet and Gromis. Wallet and Gromis. <laughs> That's the Star Wars version that yeah. we're going to get. <laughs> Wallet and Gromis coming soon. Um, now I'm picturing Gromis as like Grimace from uh, McDonald's, but uh-huh. as a kind of Star Wars character. Yeah. Uh, Put anyway, a lightsaber in their hand. It'll yeah, be great. We're, <laughs> we're already going off the rails. So th- that one's definitely interesting. And... and something that I like about the Star Wars Visions volumes is that they can do weird stuff. They can be funny and goofy, and you kind of get free license to do that because it's not canon, and I think fans will be more accepting of a weirder vibe when it comes to these stories. Yeah. The one that jumped out to me, I think, is Screecher's Reach. Just, that's a an interesting title. I don't know what it means at all, but it sounds like a location. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like part of the, um, like the, the, what's it called? Shoot. (laughs) The, the Boonta Eve track where they talk about like the sand dune turn or something like that. Canyon dune turn. Canyon dune turn. It it sounds like a, yeah, a landmark. The Screecher's Reach sounds Uh, like it's part of like a racetrack or something. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that, that'd be interesting to do a racing story uh i hadn't thought of it that like that to me it sounded more mystical and like a fantasy location where you have to go on a quest to screechers reach mm-hmm. sounds like something you'd hear in D. also cartoon saloon is the they're the ireland studio and they made wolf walkers which i believe was at least nominated for an academy award i i have not seen it i've seen images from it and when i saw it today i was like oh yeah i remember when that was out our friend tony who is very into animation uh was raving about it when it was released wolf walkers wolf walkers it's an irish folk tale i believe that sounds like right up dave Dave filoni's alley oh man i hope there's a character that's (laughs) fave deloney (laughs) in this that would be really fun um another one that i wanted to get to was the spy dancer by studio la cachette i believe they have done work with uh tartakovsky mm. who did the original 2003 clone wars micro series yeah i i think they worked with him on primal more recently but but he still keeps that style so part of me is like oh are we just gonna do another clone wars story like what if they build off of the 2003 micro series somehow i would love for one of these stories to be about ventress That'd be cool. Or like a Ventress-like character. The Spy Dancer is the title. Like that could be Ventress undercover Mm -hmm. doing something. She's got... Ventress or or Singh. Like Sure. They both have kind of spy-like elements. Mm -hmm. Or like I'm thinking a lot of this is going to be brand new characters, but not necessarily because some of the shorts in Volume 1 had Boba Fett and Jabba the Hutt, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, th- that's definitely a possibility to have someone familiar. But I'm excited to have that 
uh, familiar art style back in Star Wars because it's it's a fan favorite from the old Clone Wars micro series. Yeah, the pit just make, makes me think of. Uh, I fell in the pit. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Yeah. Ooh, I fell into the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of them just with very simple titles. It's interesting. Just the pit. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for for all of these. I thought there was one. Oh, Journey to the Dark Head. That was one that like made me think of the Dark Side Cave mm. and like Vader's head getting chopped off and like rolling and then mm. Luke sees himself like I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah. That would be a cool one to see like a real trippy uh dark side cave thing. And and that's another one that has, you know, the dark head sounds kind of like a location that someone would have a quest to. That studio, Studio Mir, is from South Korea and they worked on Legend of Korra, which we <laughs> have seen. So you are familiar with one of these studios Yay. and we really like Korra. And there was some really awesome trippy stuff in Legend of Korra that I loved. And to jump back to the pit, uh, that's the Japanese. That'll probably be the anime short of the bunch. But it is co-directed by Justin Ridge, who worked on Star Wars Rebels, Resistance, The Clone Wars, and Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. So I I'm intrigued by that one. That that's, it's Dart, Shai oh man, I wish I could say this, Shtaijo and Lucasfilm. It's a joint effort on that one so that's probably the one that lucasfilm is the most involved in so that that's an interesting thing i don't think they did that in star wars visions volume one that to me kind of sounds like if we're gonna see familiar characters it might be that one the pit is about maul after he got thrown down into the pit cut in half yeah and how did he spider maul yeah <laughs> how did he escape naboo how did he turn into a... He just lived his life in various pits. All old crazy spider mall yeah. <laughs> down there eating garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he ate people, but we, we don't have to go down that road. Uh, also, The Bandits of Golak is another just intriguing title. A lot of these have fun, pulpy titles that catch my attention. The Bandits of Golak sound like uh some some folks that would come in and want to play sabak with lando or mm. something like that <laughs> on at fort Yipso, you might see him in there drinking yeah you know i was thinking of they could be literal bandits but i like the idea that they could be a syndicate kind of like conja club or something like that yeah but yeah uh th those are the announced all nine of star wars visions volume two coming out on may 4th and they'll probably all release at the same time because yeah. that's how the first one went so we'll have all of those to watch on star wars day I, yeah i think that's the plan um i had someone on twitter asked if we would do recommendations on like what to watch beforehand and i will try to do that because like i said i don't know a lot of these studios and i like to be informed going in so i will probably try to watch some stuff from the the studios that i don't know so much like i've seen legend of korra so i feel pretty comfortable on that one <laughs> uh, i feel pretty comfortable with the tartakovsky stuff but i have been looking for an excuse to watch primal um this is kind of the same as like i assume it's in the same vein as samurai jack which i liked growing up mm. i the one thing that i i thought of when you brought up tartakovsky tartakovsky yeah. <laughs> is super buff kit fisto mm. only because there's that and also just because we watched uh four center's new episode of figure fights uh that came out today 
Uh, we can link to that in the description or the cards, but they, they're pitting action figures against one another. And for their premiere episode, they pitted uh, Beef Luke, Beefy Luke, Beefy Luke from the Power of the Force line against Darth Vader just to see if a, a He-Man style Luke could take him on. So maybe we'll get Beefy Luke in one of these. Cyrus asks if we'll ever see a feature-length animated Star Wars film again. Yeah, I thought that was a fun thing to build off of what we were talking about with Star Wars Visions. And, you know, we are continuing to get Star Wars animated series, but we have only had the one, the the one Clone Wars movie. And will we ever see something like that again? I think so. I think so, too. I think there's a good chance, because, like... Uh, I, I think there's enough of a of a want for that out there. You know, like, I don't know how everyone really feels about the Clone Wars movie. We've seen it a lot, a lot more than we normally would have seen it because of studying for Schmodown and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would love to, to be able to go to a theater and see a feature-length animation project from Star Wars. I think it'll happen as well, even if it's not in the theater we have Disney Plus and they they can release a feature length film on Disney Plus if they wanted to with Star Wars I think that they would probably do a theatrical release as well but I think Disney Plus makes it even more likely yeah and even you know there's there's always a chance for an animated show for them to release the finale as like a feature length <laughs> type film event mhm I was also thinking of the War of the Rohirrim movie that is happening in the Lord of the Rings fandom mm. where they're, they're doing an anime. That's a good point. About Helm Hammerhand and how Helm's Deep was created. Yeah. So I think that if other fandoms are looking at that as a possibility, I'm sure Star Wars is at least open to it. I mean, animation at this point is more of what makes up Star Wars content than live action. Yeah. I, I think when I was I was crunching the numbers recently and I think it almost doubles the amount of live action content that we have. So there's definitely, I think, a market for it. It's not going to be as successful probably as a live action film, but I think there is enough of a market for it to happen in a theater. Rick Villanueva wants to know if we'll see the Sith Shrine underneath the Jedi Temple in the Acolyte. I love that idea. So the Acolyte is taking place in the High Republic era. The High Republic books, specifically Into the Dark, have already talked about the Sith Shrine. The Jedi know it's down there. And... They do? Yeah, so... Did they... Wait, did they build the Jedi Temple on on top top of of it it on purpose? Yes. So, I mean, that's a thing... This is blowing my mind right now. That's a real-world thing where... People like during the Crusades would tear down mosques and then build churches on top of them to just kind of like claim that site, you know. Have, has no one seen Poltergeist? <laughs> right, exactly. We all know, like you you moved the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Like that that's never gonna turn out well. It's exactly that, and I'm sure the Sith did the same thing. But th- they explored it in Star Wars Resistance too. They found a temple, and underneath it was Sith stuff. Yeah, and I I, I think that. It's really interesting that the Jedi of this era n- know it's down there. They still, like, they, they take some dark side stuff down there where they can kind of figure out what it is. 
with it with less danger to the everyone Jedi has temple. everyone has a creepy basement it's fine right <laughs> yeah this is the jedi's <laughs> creepy basement so i i think that would be a really fun journey for that sith temple or shrine or whatever you want to call it because it was going to be in the clone wars and then that got canceled and then they put it in the tarkin novel so that canonized it Mm-hmm. And we have continued to kind of explore it here or there. So then for it to come into live action and for a lot of people to learn, like, wait, there's a Sith shrine underneath the Jedi Temple. I think that would be really neat. It's kind of like people know what the ISB is now. Mm. Just very casual fans like my parents know the ISB. And I think it would be neat for them to be like, whoa, there's a Sith shrine underneath the Jedi Temple for how long? <laughs> My my head is spinning with ideas right now, but I, I keep thinking of if you watched the Midnight Club <laughs> yeah, on yeah. YouTube, which on is YouTube. a not not YouTube <laughs> on Netflix, uh, which was like a Mike Flanagan show. There's a there's like a part of that show where there's an elevator that goes down to like a secret level, way way down, and I just imagine that there is a secret elevator in the temple somewhere that goes down to the no-no place. Well, yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so part of the Clone Wars arc that was going to happen was Palpatine was going to try to use the shrine to then sneak into the Jedi Temple from the lower levels, and Ahsoka was going to somehow stop him, just knowing that it was Sidious, not Palpatine. But like, there would be a door separating them. There's concept art of this, of like Sidious on one side and Ahsoka on the other, and they're fighting over this door Mm. so we know that i mean the bad batch this week adapted an unfinished clone wars arc so stories that don't get used in star wars very often become recycled and um, are used somewhere else so the acolyte feels like a good place for it because i think it was daphne keen one of the stars of the show said something about how it's how the sith affected the jedi order at this time so how did they do that? I don't know. The Sith Shrine feels like it really could play into that. Do you think there's going to be Sith down there hiding somewhere? No, no. Like, it's I don't just, think... It's I, just like Sith artifacts and stuff. Yeah. I think it's largely abandoned, but the Sith might go in there and might try to get into the Jedi Temple. Like, they might try to reuse the Sidious ideas from the Clone mm, Wars. Okay. Secret tunnels. Secret doors. Secret tunnels. Secret tunnels. We're just bringing a lot of Avatar stuff back in. (laughs) Now a word from our sponsor, Babbel. One of the most exciting things about a new year is that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From new travel experiences to new jobs or picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy, bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. Unfortunately, Shri Wook and Hatties aren't options yet, but you can choose from 14 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. 10-minute lessons created by over 150 language experts are a perfect way to learn on the go. And you can learn several options outside of regular lessons with access to podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes in the language you want to learn. Start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash starwars. That's babbel.com slash starwars for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. 
Dio Lixon asks if we think the High Republic books and comics are at risk of being overwritten. Again, I feel like I've, I did a good job of building off of questions this week. Uh, so, you know, people have the worry that sometimes the shows, the live action shows, kind of changed Cobb Vance's origin story of how he got the armor. Um, obviously, the Tales of the Jedi made some changes with the Ahsoka novel, which I don't think overwrites the Ahsoka novel, for example. Right. I think it's a different version of the same story. I choose to believe in the more full version, which is the Ahsoka novel. Mm -hmm. And the short is a quick retelling of similar events. No, I don't think there's any chance. I mean, there's a chance, but I think it's a low chance that the High Republic novels or comics will be uh, altered. Yeah, because the whole High Republic idea started as like this huge initiative with so many people involved and i feel like it would be decades before something like that would be overwritten because they're i mean they're continuing to create content with a bunch of different people working together i i don't see them just being like ah well let's just redo this story yeah like i just again agree completely i i don't think that there's anyone that has that idea and that's why I like this initiative so much is that they built an era through the books and comics first. And they said, what does this time period look like? And down to like small details in phase two, they the authors have talked about the way that the Republic expanded with Pathfinder teams and stuff. And they've been kind of a part of phase two, but not a big part of it. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm like, they're setting up these details to be used in future stories. And I don't think the Acolyte is going to even take place during phases one, two, or three. It sounds like it's going to take place well after, but it is going to be a High Republic story with the gold and white robes. And I, I think it will probably build off of what the books and comics created first. I don't think the Acolyte is going to do anything to change what came before. Yeah, agreed. But th there is a chance that they, they might need to, let's say a familiar character shows up uh, and they need to quickly say who this person is there might be small details that they change in their like just quick summary of who this character was before mm. i don't know like i'm not gonna say it's gonna be a 100 percent perfect lineup but i think it'll be kind of like Cobb vanth at the worst where yeah. <laughs> they they changed things a little bit but i'm like yeah he got the armor in a sand crawler and then went back and liberated his town. Sure. It's mostly the same. It'll be like when people leave comments on our yearly canon timeline. They're like, you left out this one thing. And it's like, we can't cover it all. <laughs> we're, we're doing the basic overview. Yeah, that or people always leave the comments that Chewbacca didn't get a medal after the Battle of Yavin. I'm like, yes, he did. Why would I mention it otherwise? <laughs> he got a medal. And so like, that's the thing is most people don't read the books or comics anyway. <laughs> so that's that's why these things kind of will get altered and adapted here or there. But I think the High Republic is going to largely feel cohesive because of the way they went about building the era. Let's go ahead and put the video about Chewie's medal somewhere on the screen so that people can go watch it. I'm actually starting to write the canon timeline now. I'm trying to get a jump start on things since March is going to be so busy and April. And I have in my notes from like last year, 
should I like really go into detail about the about Chewie's medal? I think so. Just like spend a minute being like, I promise, I promise he got a medal. Here it is in the comic. Yeah. Spider-Man of Earth 1218 wants to know what our most useless piece of Star Wars knowledge is. How much time do we have? I know, right? <laughs> I, I believe this is a thing that's been going around on Twitter or something. And I never know how to answer these. First of all, no bit of knowledge is useless. That's true. Like, I don't like to refer to any knowledge that I have as useless. I'm more like, what is what is the dumbest thing that I know where in every dumb thing I can think of, I'm like, well, I answered a trivia question about that once. And... Yeah, well, like trivia <laughs> aside, because trivia is literally the art of asking questions, questions about yeah, useless things. things that you might know. Um, For some reason, the fact that Max Rebo plays a red ball organ jumped into my mind. Like yeah. the names of instruments, those rarely come up. Mm. The clue horn. Right. The... I can't even remember the one the other ones from the uh jabba's palace band i don't remember either we used to know them all because of the schmodown and uh we haven't we're out of practice but hmm. st stuff like that a lot of weapon model numbers that's the thing is m most of these things are completely trivial and are not really helpful to know outside of trivia competitions yeah it's fun to know i like knowing all that stuff but um, I mean, the one that popped into my head first was the veg meat and polystarch, which are the two ingredients in the portions that we see in Force Awakens. Not useless at all. We we did have that trivia question. Yeah, You've and been I only saving it forever. I only know that because I was flipping through the visual guide for the movie, and like I came across that fact, and I was like, "That's really cool that those things have names." The cool little Puffy bread has a name. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything behind the scenes that I know that's useless. And I mean, I, I think a decent amount probably is. Uh, the fact that I, I think the sand crawler scene, the droid market, was the first scene they shot in Tunisia. There, I know that. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if that's <laughs> useful to anyone at all. <laughs> Matthew Kelly wants to know if the Bad Batch will ever go on a successful treasure hunt. <laughs> so they're, they're 0 for 2, as they said after episode 5. Uh, I'm going to guess no. I... Well, like, not a real treasure hunt. I yeah. kind of feel like, really, you know, the treasure is the friends they made along the way. <laughs> Something cheesy like that. I would love if, if Fee helped the Bad Batch put together like a really good, really juicy treasure hunt for Omega's birthday. Oh, like a, just a scavenger hunt? Yeah. Oh, I think that would be really fun. That would be really fun. We we keep bringing that up. That came up in one of our live streams too, of the idea of the Bad Batch throwing Omega a birthday party is such a cute idea. Mm -hmm. Like all of them scrambling. You know, I think I want Crosshair to be back with the team by then. Like fingers crossed that he rejoins them. I want him to be part of the party planning committee. <laughs> Is he going to be the one that like fake turns on them throughout the treasure hunt? He's going to give her like a, an air rifle and teach her how to blow the candles out from 100 <laughs> meters away. Amazing. But 
I think that that's a, a sweet idea. The scavenger hunt's a really good idea. But no, I kind of think that the point of these treasure hunts is that that's not their purpose. It shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And they keep failing because it's not what they're meant to be doing. Meanwhile, they're successful when they go and they help Gunji. And whenever they're helping other people, they succeed. Yeah. Whenever they're doing something kind of frivolous, <laughs> they fail. Yeah. I mean, life itself is a treasure hunt. Exactly. And I think if they were to eventually find a place to settle down and live a normal life, that's the greatest treasure of them all. Just asks if a second season of The Book of Boba Fett would be more of its own series or would it continue to bridge seasons of The Mandalorian? So we've had a rumor, I feel like, that came out almost a year ago at this point that there would be a second season of The Book of Boba Fett. My hope, if that's true, my hope is that it would be more standalone and that it wouldn't all of a sudden turn into just The Mandalorian Season Mm 2.5. But I do think it would connect back with the Mandalorian. We probably would see familiar characters. At this point, I kind of think all of these series are bridges to the next thing. Even the Mandalorian season three, in some ways, I think will bridge to Ahsoka. Yeah, I I think they saw the numbers spike when we got those Mando episodes Uh in Book of Boba Fett. So I think that's going to continue to happen. The entire Mandoverse, I now see, like, after the Book of Boba Fett, and I'm like, okay, I I get it. It It is the Mandalorian season 2.5, but on the gallery for it, they called it the third season of our storytelling. Yeah. And so the Mandalorian is kind of season, the Mandalorian season three is kind of season four of the Mandoverse. And Ahsoka is probably going to be season five, and mm-hmm. Skeleton Crew is going to be season six, like, That's kind of how I'm trying to view this now, is that, yeah, we're going to focus on Ahsoka, but it's going to build to some things, and it's probably going to have some teases for Skeleton Crew, which will then tease us into The Mandalorian Season 4, or Book of Boba Fett Season 2, or something like that. The Book of Grogu, coming soon. (laughs) Finally, the the picture book of Grogu. The sticker book of Grogu. (laughs) Sbot Studios Plays wants to know if Finn Rao will be in The Mandalorian Season 3. I really like that idea and hope that it does happen. I believe uh, Finn Rao was played by Kevin McKidd in Star Wars Rebels, and I could see him the same way Bo-Katan played... Uh, <laughs> Katie Sackhoff played Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan and... played Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, Let's... Th- that's how I see her first and foremost now. <laughs> it's just Bo-Katan. Um, but yeah, Katie played her in both animation and live action. I think Kevin McKidd could as well. And if you are unfamiliar with Finn Rao, uh, he is a Mandalorian protector who joins the Rebels crew. He is the one that first taught us about Tar Vizsla, the significance of the Darksaber. He helped Sabine train with it. So he's been kind of like a Mandalorian guide for Sabine. Mm-hmm. It would be cool for him to serve a similar purpose for Din. Like, I, I've been rewatching The Mandalorian, and I love the scene in the season two finale where it's Din and Boba Fett and Bo Katan and Casca Reeves, and it's three groups of Mandalorians all arguing over who is more Mandalorian. Mm. And so, like, I like <laughs> the idea that maybe Finn Rao could be someone to help Din see that we can all unify. We just need yeah. to, like, get on the same level. Yeah, he could 
you know, like you said, he worked with Sabine. He could work with Den. And, you know, at this point now, he kind of knows about any missteps he had possibly made in the past. But anyone who has history with or around the Darksaber, who is still alive at this point in the timeline, I think is possible to show up. Yeah, it would be interesting to see him be kind of the anti-armorer, where the mm. armorer is the one that's been guiding Din and filling his head with a bunch of cult information, and mm. Finn Rao can be the guy that's like, I took my helmet off. Oh no, but it's okay, <laughs> Din, yeah. and teach him history through another lens. Yeah. Michael Caddock asks if we would be interested in reading any of the Indiana Jones novels before The Dial of Destiny comes out. Would I? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, uh, our friend Adam, who I know is watching this, hey Adam, uh, gave me all of these books, and I have even more, but that's all I could hold secretly for the dramatic reveal, uh, and I, I, I need to try some of them out. I have never read an Indiana Jones book, or I should say I read one back in like third grade. It was not like one of the big novels, but you know, I never really got into Indiana Jones comics or books, or the expanded universe outside of the films. And like, I haven't even seen all of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. So it is something that I'm interested in doing, and I have the means to do it. Um, <laughs> but keeping up with all the Star Wars stuff is already difficult. And I like... Adam Adam has told me that these are just like all very weird. Yeah, I like the, the titles. I don't mm -hmm. think I would ever read any of them. But Indiana Jones and the White Witch. Indiana Jones and the Dance of the Giants. The like, Sky Pirates. The, the Genesis Deluge. The Genesis Deluge. I mean, they're they're great titles. They're great book titles. And I'm sure they're a lot of fun. But I don't care enough about Indy to read the books. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, like, it's something that I'm interested in. But just based off of what... Adam has told me I'm like I don't know that I'm gonna like them and I I don't know that I want to spend my time reading something so weird but at some mm. point I'm going to give at least one of them a shot it would be fun to do before Dial of Destiny if yeah if if you if let's say you didn't do this channel and you had more free time would you want to read more of those yeah I think so so for for our viewers who might be like super into Indiana Jones and want to get into that stuff yeah, I, I think the books are a great place to do it. Honestly, and I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to just a globe-hopping treasure hunt adventure thing. So even if they are weird, I will probably enjoy them. And, you know, I just feel like a bad Indiana Jones fan. <laughs> Hashtag fake fan yeah, over here. I know I'm not. Like, I would never say that, oh, you don't read the Star Wars books. Like, no, I like shepherding people into like check out the books they they have some really good stuff in them and you know what i bet there's someone out there that is like the white witch is one of the best indiana jones stories and you should read it it's, it's my jam so maybe one day if you have read any of these books in the comments uh give me your recommendation for one to try out we've got the unicorn's legacy the interior world the genesis deluge the dance of the giants the sky pirates the white witch and the peril at Delphi. The, Delphi? What was the unicorn one? The unicorn's legacy. Is there Are there unicorns in the world of Indiana Jones? Well, there maybe used to be. That's why it's a legacy. Okay. Lost you... in the labyrinth of a paleolithic, paleolithic cavern complex. Indy, I like that it calls him Indy Jones. 
encounters references to a mythological beast that may have existed 20,000 years ago, and five years later, Dr. Jones confronts the legend again and the woman who is hoping to find the fabled unicorn's horn. So I guess oh, that's the MacGuffin. Just the horn, not yeah. the actual unicorn. unicorn. Yeah. Well, that's the unicorn's legacy, is the horn. Boo. And they're not that long. Like, <laughs> they're less than 200 pages. Yeah. It'd be a, a nice, quick, like, vacation read or, yeah. or, like, plane read if you are if you travel a lot. Something vacation like that. read sounds good. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.